Oh dear. Welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, where we discuss all things app development. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, my guest is Raphael Costa, Principal Android Engineer at SaltPay and the author behind the Compose Destinations Library. We talk about the importance of knowing or not knowing Jetpack Compose in 2022, what's wrong with Compose Navigation, what is clean code, building an open source library, and much, much more. Now on to the show. So just before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Banana Bandit over on Twitter for becoming a subscriber of the show. He subscribed over on buymeacoffee.com to buy me a monthly flat white, which I really, really appreciate. And the little message that he left me was, thank you for all your hard work putting these pods together. As an aspiring Android dev, your shows help me stay motivated and show me a path to becoming a good and maybe someday excellent developer. So once again, Banana Bandit, thank you very much. Usually appreciate the support. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by becoming a subscriber over on Buy Me A Coffee. The short link to that is coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash subscribe. And now with that said, on to the show. I guess the best place to start, can you give us kind of like a brief bio of like who you are um, and how you got into mobile development? Yeah, so um, I'm Rafael Costa. Um, I live in a small city here in Portugal uh, called Leiria. It's close to Fatima and a bit north of Lisbon, which is the capital. I also work from here. I work from home for a company named uh, called uh, SaltPay, which is uh, in the fintech field. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm an Android development. I started right in the university. My first application was actually a chess game. Uh, which is super, super interesting to do. I liked it a lot. Great introduction to, to Android. <laughs> and then uh, I, I just uh, got a job after my master's degree and, uh, on C- with software, which is uh, a company um, in Coimbra, focus a lot on mobile development. And ever since, I just never looked back. <laughs> I guess I can also tell you that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the maintainer of Compose Destinations, which is this navigation library, uh, which has been like my like uh, of the of the of the clock um, uh, personal project, and it has been great. I've I've learned a lot, a lot, and it started out as a as a like a joke i never thought i went it would went anywhere but then it started evolving and people are um liking it so yeah uh, it has been great and other than that like i like to pretty normal dude nothing too too crazy i just became a father a few months back and i like to and on the few hours i have i have left i like to play some games sometimes but these last these last weeks haven't been <laughs> great for that uh but yeah okay sweet all right, that's that's very far. I like that. Okay, <laughs> so I, I definitely want to get into the the compose navigation stuff. Um, I guess before we get there, is I want to get into compose a little bit. So you know, I've looked at it, I've played with it a little bit, but I've only seriously started trying to learn it in probably like the last week as we record this, right? Because I'm a contractor. All the contracts I've done, they're not, they're not using compose. Some of them are not even using Kotlin yet. So it's like you know, <laughs> it wasn't a priority. And now I'm getting into it. Um, and like so far so good. I don't I don't know like all the things I'm I'm like super basic, you know, like how to use a box, how to use a column, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I guess my question is, because I, I looked on, uh, as well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I'm aware, the company that you worked at, you mentioned SaltPay, um, you guys are building stuff, but you're using Compose in the apps, right? Uh, yeah, so basically we have um, a new project right now. Just a quick a quick side note that SaltPay is this, you know, kind of big uh, organization at the moment, and they have been buying or acquiring a lot of smaller companies. And they have like inherited all the legacy that each company brings. And they are already selling products that those smaller companies had built before. But yeah, now they want to like take it a step back and build their own thing. And it, 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 it has actually been quite nice because they, they seem to really wanting to, to make the right thing. Um, like they're, they're not like super pressuring us on time and stuff like that they just want to make sure that it's the best thing we can do um and yeah for this new project we decided to to use compose it's still very early stages the the project but yeah uh, we, we we initially it, it was actually funny we we um, we had a couple of developers that were not as comfortable with compose and they thought it was like um some some things about it was was were, were still like rough let's say and so they 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 wanted us to 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 enable both both ways of UI and development, both XML and and Compose. But then we started implementing, and everything was on Compose. <laughs> uh, and I and literally we were we were like maintaining this um, this thing that enabled us to use the same themes and styling for both. But it was quite a big you know overhead and for very little gains because we were just making everything uncomposed and so we just decided oh yeah let's just uh, move everything to compost okay all right so the the reason that i asked the question was my my question was going to be and i guess it's it's still valid is do you think that compose is ready for production or or maybe a better a better way is the people that weren't so comfortable and they wanted to use xml like what were their arguments against using compose yeah so so starting with the, the the people that was that were a little bit afraid of compose um their main thing main, main main points were like the tooling which is totally fair like it's still um for example if you want to have a preview uh it's still you still have to wait a bit there's some building to do and um so yeah co completely understood their their points there and um and then they were also afraid like the small the the like let's say for example very specific animations or very specific ways you wanted to do that the view system like given that that it, it has been around for so long uh it has matured and right now that most things that you want to do is already there's already out of the box solutions for that so uh, they were they were afraid that we would, we would have to do some manual things just to 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 compensate that that those parts. Um, and yeah, they are uh, totally 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 valid points for for against compose, I guess. Um, in my eyes, like um, we are we are sort of like in also this unique position that we are starting out right now slowly still because we're still this is another thing. We are still kind of maintaining uh, the, the application that we want to put on the field, so it's kind of we're still kind of split at the moment. We like it should be next month or something. It's always next month. They were always that we're going to fo starting focus one hundred percent on the new thing, 
and so far it has been like split like this so yeah so we are in kind of this, this unique spot where uh we're starting out right now but until we actually have something that's gonna go to the public i don't know i, I think it's gonna take uh at the very least like a lot of months <laughs> i don't know so we were I, i'm i'm uh, hoping that some of the things that for example the tooling and stuff might improve like from now until then even though of course like we are dealing with the tool right now so with the tooling right now uh but there's a, there are ways around it some people have like uh, I, I know that it's some still very inconvenient but some people like have a very clean application where they just put the layout and they build it and since it's a very slim up it builds really fast uh, some people are using the, the new uh, electric hill android studio which brings a lot of support for faster pre previews so i don't know we're still like like i said very early stage but we're confident that we can deliver yeah okay okay nice all right so then i have a i have a um composed question for you for mainly for myself but i guess you might have the answer and people listening that aren't super familiar right what is in your opinion the best way to do this so in a in a you know let's call it a legacy android application you have i've worked on loads of projects where you either have multiple activities generally speaking the way that it works on all the contract projects i've worked is you have multiple fragments that are usually hosted in one activity and the only reason you do that is because the requirements change so often it's easier to have fragments and then suddenly if they decide oh we want both of these screens on the same page you can just move them around right but in compose it seems like and again for me as a beginner to compose because i've only just started looking at it there's different ways you can do stuff now where you could have, um, essentially, if you think of them as screens, a screen could be a view with a view model. It could also be a fragment with a, its own view and then obviously its own view model. Um, you can have, you can have the, like, what's the best or most, I guess, kind of like the architect, like, how do you architect a Compose app compared to how you would architect a, a, a we'll call it a legacy app? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so what I, what I found super nice on Compose is just is, is is that it's just so easy to have uh, your screen break like split into very small and very focused components or composables, and then your ideally your screen is just a collection of composables that you either reuse on other screens or if it's just for that screen, that's fine as well. Um, but yeah, that's basically and. Uh, Usually it's tied your screen definition. It's also a good question. What is a screen? <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, usually our screen is something that's tied to, to the navigation. You registered it some, in some way as a destination, let's say. And uh, yeah, you, you, you usually have that screen, which is the, the thing you navigate to. And then inside of it, usually we get the instance of the view model and have like a very split, let's say if your screen can be thought of as a column, which is just the, the easiest way for me to, env to envision the code that that would reflect. Um, you could also, you could have like a column and then split uh, like for the, let's say the header and, and that would be a, its own composable and the, it, it's, it would only get there on the, the needed state that the header needs and like maybe like a list and then some footer, I don't know, something like this. And so it reads really well because you you can it's 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 basically like it's just they are just functions so we can um, organize them in like we do all our code which is really nice like for example 
you can stop uh, where you feel like you wanna you don't want to know more detail let's say let's say you want you just want to know like what what is my screen about or what it what does it contain you would get into the screen and you would get like the level the next level composables let's say and then do you, do you want to know what the other is about okay let me jump into the other what does it contain you know do do i not want to know okay then just fine i can just leave um so so yeah i i that's basically it. i don't know if i answered your question no i think i think you did i guess that brings me to kind of like a follow-up which is do you think then composer applications are best suited to be single activity applications um if it's 100% compose, um, I, I would say so, yes. To be honest, I, I'm also inclined to, to say yes, even for, for Fragments world. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's still some reasons to have a second activity, of course. But like for, let's say for, I don't know, 80%, 90% of apps, um, if they can, they, I think uh, having a single activity with multiple Fragments, or in this case, a single activity with multiple composable screens, uh, that that would be the way to that I would do it, yeah. We'll get right back to the show, but first, I just wanted to remind you that if you're enjoying this episode, if you feel it's bringing you value, then it would mean a lot to me if you shared it with a friend or fellow developer. That's it. Just hit the share button in your podcast app of choice, and you know what to do. Now, back to the show. So, to jump in just before we get to your library that you've written, um, which looks super interesting, and it's got like I think I checked today, it's like one point two thousand stars on GitHub, which is crazy. So that that's amazing, right? Um, but before we get there, like, what are the the issues I guess with Compose Navigation? Because like that's something that 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 I've been learning, and I I watched like a YouTube tutorial. Um, I think it was Philip that kind of had one, and it was like a really good tutorial, right? I watched it, I was like, okay, cool, I get it, I tried it, it worked. And then someone posted a question on Twitter that I happened to see, which was like, how do you pass a passable between screens? And then there was like, oh, suddenly there's like 15 different ways to do this thing. So kind of what are the, the issues we've composed right now? And then how, how does what you've built kind of address that? Taking just just small step back uh, to your question, like, uh, for example, when I started playing around with Compose, uh, I heard that we d- did not need like fragments and views or whatever. That, that got me super excited. Because, uh, like, I don't know, at least in my experience, uh, fragments have always been... Like, nowadays, I guess we people that already know what to call, what methods to call and what methods to not call, and how they they, sh- they should make it work, uh, they are used to it. But historically, at least I know I've, I've struggled uh, when with fragments a lot, and it's always this kind of uh, difficult thing to manage. And then, so I got really excited and I started playing around with it. And I was kind of disappointed because even though like the fragments have their own like complexity and stuff, at least like uh, from recent years, I have been using, I have been using, uh, let's say type safe arguments plugin on navigation, for example. And um, I liked it just because of type safety. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big type safe guy. <laughs> um, big, big fan of that. And then, when I, when I started playing around with Compose and navigation, suddenly that this was not there. And worse than that, it required me to to pass all my arguments in this. I had to concatenate the the route with of the string that I want to navigate with the two with the, with the arguments and stuff. And so yeah, 
and then on the other side you basically get a bundle with all the arguments and you have to know like what type of argument it has and what is the key that corresponds to all of that and then yeah i thought to myself and my 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 initial uh, like i was playing around with it but i am i'm always like this i start playing around with code and i go deeper and deeper and sometimes too deep on abstractions and stuff like that but i was like in the middle of it and i was i wanted to to basically like put all of that non type safe code like uh, ab abstract it away like have its own specific like classes to deal with that and i arrived and i arrived at this like let's let's say like a contract an interface of a screen that contained like i don't know like the arguments the the route the the maybe the deep links that it has and then maybe like a composable method where you actually like would compose the the screen so i i came came to came uh, into that and i it it was like a sealed interface thing that had like so that we could have like a closed set of of screens and then my next thing was when when you when you start creating your navigation host you have to basically list all your screens with their routes and stuff like that so i i thought okay why why don't i like iterate over my screens since i have like this um, this interface that they all respect and they tell me like the route and the deep links and stuff so i just iterate over them and call the the, the appropriate method to register them and i would be done and that and and then but then my my next question was like Okay, but every time I add a screen, I have to maintain this list of screens. I have to have it there because sealed interfaces is not like Enum. They they don't it doesn't have like a dot values thing, you know. And so I would maintain this list separately. And I thought, okay, sh shouldn't there be a way for me to like create or um, generate code for this dot values similar equivalent, you know? And I started looking around. And eventually, I came up to this article about KSP, and yeah, the, just just so you can see, like the the initial idea was just to create a, a, a values for for a, a sealed thing. But when I when I started playing with KSP, uh, I I started understanding. Oh, but I can do much more than this with than with this tool. I can just yeah make it so much easier, and then I can basically generate my screens interfaces implementations i can generate that for the user you know so that's basically where it all came from and and maybe circling back to your question i think the main issue like with compose navigation is the type safety of of when you when you actually want to say, send arguments and some people i think right rightfully so they question like why why do we have like these routes for mobile development um why not just have like uh, you know like a type like like I created like a an interface that we have to to implement or something and uh, you just I just say navigate to this instance of that interface or something like that um, because it sounds so it sounds so close like they are all just functions why can't I just call the function you know <laughs> uh, in the end of course it's not that simple but um, I think that that's that's the main uh, like arguments against navigation because. And maybe like to to explain a little bit more, like when when you are concatenating the arguments with the routes, there's a lot of things you have to be careful about. Like 
what if what if what if you are concatenating a string that contains like a, a, a one of these characters that are that the 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 who, the, the who, where i is going to interpret it in a different way you know that suddenly breaks your route uh, what if you have like a empty even empty string that can also be, break your route so there's a lot of things that you have to to like be careful about so yeah yeah that makes sense I, a lot of this stuff i always find that I mean, at least to me, this way that it seems is that Google always releases stuff that's like half finished in the sense, in the sense that you would look at this, right. And like, you've developed a solution to this problem and it's not like when they're building this, they couldn't have seen this is going to be a problem, but I feel like they like to build things and release them at like too granular a level where it's like, they could have built an abstraction layer on top and you don't have to worry about you know, is this, is this, um, thing that I'm passing in optional? Cause if it's optional, I have to pass it in differently and has it gone and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, that's a question for someone on the Jetpack Compose team to answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they, 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 they have, they have solid arguments on their side as well. Like, I don't know. Um, there's, there's always like two sides to the same coin, I guess. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I mean, I, I could see the, like playing devil's advocate, the reason to do it would kind of be like, this is at least, not at this point, but initially it would be like, this is MVP, you know, why are we going to build all these abstraction layers on top and maybe nobody wants to use this. Mm -hmm. So like, we'll yeah. just roll it out and then people use it. Um, and then also it gives them the opportunity to then, you know, quote unquote, make it better in the future because stuff that you would expect to be there is now baked in as a feature or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see both sides of the argument, but as, as the end kind of user is, is it always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, <laughs> it's, it's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. It's also, it's also just like in Android in general, especially like between release versions, you know, you start with one thing and then you wait five releases and that thing has changed you. The way you do it now is completely different. And, you know, you have to up and then they enforce like, oh, you have to, um, change your target version to the latest one. So now you have to do all of these updates that you didn't have to do because they still work like all that kind of stuff. That stuff just drives me crazy. But for people that are listening to this, that are iOS developers, they're probably sitting there like, yeah, Apple doesn't have that problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. They um, probably have their own cool. problems though. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. They have like, I've worked on so many projects where, you know, the Android build goes through smoothly. The Apple build doesn't go through and then you have to call up support and be like, why, why did it get rejected? And then, yeah, there's a, there's, yeah, both sides have equally the same amount of problems just in different places for exactly, sure. Yeah. Um, so you wrote on the kind of questionnaire thing, um, about clean code. And I wanted to speak a little bit about that. So I guess the first question is, and this may or may not be a controversial question. I don't know. So I'll ask it, which is what is clean code to you? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a tough uh, question, but, um, definitely like, I think, I think it's, it's these ideal that we all want to strive. And I've, I've even, I remember seeing some tweets saying like, almost saying like, let's just forget about it because we can't quantify it. So why do we even bother? But I, I kind of look at it the other way, which is like, um, at least we have like a name for it, you know, and we want to achieve it, even though we, we, we might not know exactly what it is, like a hundred percent. I think, I think we know, uh, we don't know what clean code is, but we kind of know what dirty code is <laughs> in a way. So at least this way we can like, uh, filter out or try to not make this, this, uh, super dirty code. And at least it's, it's, uh, it's something we, we have that 
maybe we if we didn't have like this technical encode we we wouldn't have so as easily i don't know um at least this is how i look at it but um yeah I, I, it's super interesting topic i think um now with kotlin i think that there's another angle to take it because um uh, kotlin is great i i freaking love kotlin um and it, I think it, it it has the potential to to like have the best of both worlds, both I say like functional and, and uh, uh, object oriented programming. I think it, I think you can. There's a lot of ways like how you filter a collection, how you map a collection. That's kind of makes makes us remember the the good parts of functional programming. But you can also still have like these interfaces, well structured and objects, which I also quite quite like. Uh, but also like you can with kotlin easily try to make a big uh like i don't know a piece of logic into a one statement thing <laughs> so there's 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 a, a fine line here and but i think i think that's it like uh, you have the tools and you know most most people should know like uh, that that one line will be dirty in a way let's call it so yeah just have to make the most of, of it i guess a very brief interruption to remind you that if you are not a supporter of the show, then you can become a supporter of the show for as little as $2. Just head over to coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash support. There's a number of different tiers to choose from. And of course, they are all aptly coffee names. So if you want to buy me a monthly espresso, you can. If you want to make it a cappuccino, you're welcome to. And if you want to make it the affogato, then you're also more than welcome to. For those of you that are not coffee connoisseurs, an affogato is a scoop of ice cream with an espresso poured on top. It is delicious. But seriously speaking, if you want to support the show, I would hugely appreciate it. Whatever you want to give goes a long way in helping me keep this show running. So coffee and coding pod dot com forward slash support now with that being said let's get back to the show uh, i think it's interesting because there's like there's there's different sides to um kind of there's clean code in the sense of you know like how it looks and and how um efficient you can be at writing it and then there's clean code in terms of like how you architecture it and then there's people that are like there's a right and a wrong way to do it which I don't think is true because I've I've worked on so many projects where it's like, you know, you could say they did clean code and they did, you know, solid principles, but essentially they took an app that could have been like one class and they changed it into seven classes just because they could say this is clean code. So I definitely think, yeah, there's, yeah. And also there's people out there that are asking the question in an interview, like what is clean code? And it's like, well, there's not a definition that you can give that you could say I was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, where, where does that kind of end? Uh, but, but even like, um, like, I guess the author of that expression, I'm guessing, which is like uh, Uncle Bob, uh, I, at least I'm guessing. <laughs> um, at least we, call, we can say that, I guess. Uh, I remember seeing like this... Um, this like presentation of him and he was like taking uh definitions from like these big guys like uh, i don't know the uh linus Torvald and stuff like guys like that and they were like giving their definitions of clean code and everyone was 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 coming to to a different definition like very different but they were also val they were all valid so and there's also like to, to your point <laughs> sorry, there's also to your point there's definitely like a, a point where people try to take it overboard i guess they they take it too far like you said like uh, splitting like a small class into seven 
classes that all just have a method or something, a small method. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely like uh, too much. Yeah, over engineering plays a huge, a huge part in it, and I feel like, especially probably for more kind of like junior to mid-level developers because they feel like this is the way it has to be done and you get to a certain point where it's like it's okay to not do that it doesn't make your code dirty it just means that the next person that works on this project will actually understand what you've done so yeah yeah that totally makes sense Uh, I, I, i do think like that for example on a team on a project working as a team um we ideally at least in my opinion we will have some kind of structure that we we will try to follow you know and maybe there's a feature that you split into three parts and one of the parts is very small but at least you you always know like okay in this project i'm 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 counting on having a view model okay this view model is super tiny but at least i know it will be there and it will you know um so yeah this it's a balancing act and it's difficult to to eat the the right thing but uh yeah no i think uh, yeah i think to your point that's that's quite important because i i I feel like people that are listening that aren't because there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are not either yet like they're a developer you know they know how to code but they've never worked in a job so technically you know professionally they're not a developer and a lot of people that work on projects where they're the only developer so you forget that when you're in a team it's different like you don't get to do you know this person wants to do mvi and this person wants to do mvp and so on and you don't get to do that because that just makes it like a crazy code base that nobody can understand so uh, yeah clean like clean code architecture all that stuff you have to as part of a team be like this is the way going forward and then that's how we do it yeah basically you you arrive at at your own definition of clean code just for your that yeah, thing, yeah. You know? for, for this one project yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah that's that's the best way that it works yeah but I guess the the next question is something that I like to ask everybody, um, and I'd be interested in, in your opinion on this, which is what do you think separates an okay developer from a great developer? Mm-hmm. So now, now, now I'm grateful that I listened to, couple, <laughs> to some of your <laughs> early life episodes. Prepared. Uh, yeah, because I thought about it. And um, to be honest, I, 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 I came to a conclusion that's... Um, I don't know, like we could take it uh, like uh, different, very different directions. Uh, maybe some, a lot of those would be, would be technical, but uh, what I decided to, to go with, like my opinion is that um, a great developer, because like a good developer will also, I'm guessing, know technically how things are done. I think that what separates more between a good and the great developer is the ability to uh, ask for help and ask the right question, questions as well, you know? Um, and I think this is funny because, and then I started asking, uh, like, this is also true for junior developers, you know? I, the ones, the, 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 the junior developers that are the most, um, like, the clear indications that they, they will be great developers, and, and, and some of them, of course, already are, is that they, they, they make the right questions. The, some questions that sometimes i even go huh that's a great question i don't know actually the answer to myself so you know and especially and we can also take it this to a more practical sense because especially in a, like this day and age where we can google everything like i think it's more important to know the right question than it is to to know everything because you memorized everything you know um 
you can quickly get to to your answer unless your question is like super like uh, involved, you know. But if it is a simple question, how do I do thing X? It's much more important. And so, like making the right question, asking for help, or admitting that they don't know. Sometimes I, I hear like, especially on senior developers, they don't want to admit that <laughs> they don't know that. Um, and so, like especially if you work as a team in a team, like. I don't know. I think it's super helpful if you just uh, open the question for the team. And do you guys know if, if I don't know, if there's a better way to do this? I think um, this is one of the, 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 the good points, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And also, like, to that last point, that's also a learning experience for the rest of the team. Because if everybody knows one way to do it, and then someone else on the team is like, well, I also like this way to do it. You've just taught, the, you've taught everybody in the team that never asked that question, something that they never thought to ask in the first place. So yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I also makes me think about, um, I saw a meme recently, which was, it, I think it was like on Reddit or something. And it was, uh, it was basically like a transcript of this guy and he's like, oh, his girlfriend's learning to code. And he's like, and she's doing an exam and he's asking her like, how's it going? And she's like, oh, it's fine. I cheated. And he's like, what do you mean you cheated? And she was just like, I Googled and found the answers. And then he was like, and then there's like a, a thought bubble and it's like, do I tell her or do I not tell her? That's basically <laughs> what we all do in our jobs all day long. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, asking questions is fine. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Um, cool. All right. So that's everything from me. I guess uh, for people that are listening, where can they find you online? Where can they find your Compose library? All that good stuff. Okay. So uh, online, you can find me on Twitter, which is uh, at R-A-M-Costa which uh, it's kind of a difficult mouthful, but yeah. It's fine. I'll, li- I'll link it up in the show notes. So uh, yeah. And then uh, the, the the library is Compose Destinations. I think you can write just Compose Destinations GitHub and you'll find the, the project. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or fellow developer. And if you really want to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash donate. And if you don't want to miss future episodes of the show, make sure you follow or subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee and Coding Podcast. <laughs>